welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled, He Still Moves Stones, that's diving into the miracles of Jesus found in the book of John. God did miracles then, and he still does them now. Here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. How we doing, church? So good to have you. Just want to give a warm shout and welcome to all of our campuses. I'm talking about those who watch this every single week on the internet campus. And you're going to be hearing next week about the fact that we have launched, or should I say relaunched, a brand new internet campus interface and everything. And it is, as I love to say, at a what, church? Whole nother level. You'll hear more about that next week. I want to welcome the Kenya campus, Columbia campus. Hey, we love you guys in Columbia. You have my wife today. You have the mother of our five children today. That shows you how much we love you as a community of faith. And I just want to say here for everybody to hear that my wife is one of the most remarkable mothers I have ever known. I love you and I thank God that you are the mother of our five children. Can we? Yeah. Yes. Columbia Campus, Sanford Campus, North Raleigh Campus, NCCIW, Garner Campus, Coffee House Campus, last and surely not least, those of you here at the Durham Campus on the first floor, welcome one, welcome all. And I just want to say before we even get started today, man, that baptism video just wrecked me. I just thank God for all of the people who just plunged into the waters of baptism at all of our campuses. And I'm just wondering, can we just blow up right now at all the campuses and celebrate what God is doing in those who went into the waters? Come on, church. Woo! Way to go. Way to go. Proud of you. Way to go, way to go, way to go. One, th- and one more thing you should know before we even get started here is um, the Spirit of God has led me very, very clearly to actually continue this series. It was supposed to end next week with Holy Communion, you might recall. But here's the deal. We are getting so many emails and hearing so many stories, and we're sensing that the community of faith is so dialed in and engaged in the Gospel of John and the miracles of John that we just have to continue. So we're going to go look at things like the grave robber, where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead in John 11. We're going to look at the water walker. Remember, Jesus walks on water. We're going to continue this thing for uh, three, four more weeks or so until God tells us to stop. Is that cool? Yeah. Until God just says, hey, stop, be done with it. Okay. Um, Open up your Bibles to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. And as you're opening up your Bibles, I just want to give credit where credit is due. I've already said this once, but I want to say it again because I like to give credit where credit is due. My good friend, Mark Batterson who is speaking here at the Insight Conference next year. He's the pastor of uh, the community church in Washington, D.C. He wrote a book titled The Grave Robber, and all of the teaching pastors and myself are leaning heavily upon that book. If you want to read an unbelievable book, you want to pick up Mark Batterson's The Grave Robber. So today, though, we're talking about that mysterious passage that I mentioned last week. If you were here, I told you Jesus hawked a loogie. And if you could have seen your faces, and I'd imagine it's the same at the campuses, I just saw people go from having a smile on their face to a disgust on your face. It's gross, man. It is gross. But Jesus takes a dude who has been born blind. (laughs) 
I promise no, I promise no uh, literal demonstrations today, but I really wanted to. I mean, I wanted to bring people up on the stage and have like a watermelon seed spitting contest or something. But it's Mother's Day. <laughs> and I decided I should behave. But Jesus hawks a loogie and he spits and creates these mud pies and he heals this man born blind. I'm telling you, it is the most gross yet cool miracle you will find in the Bible. It's John chapter 9. Sometimes Jesus shows up. Hello. But sometimes Jesus shows off. And I'm just here to tell you that in this miracle today, Jesus is showing off in a God-honoring kind of way. And I'm really excited about teaching it to you today. If you're ready for the word of the Lord and you love the word of the Lord, let me hear an amen. amen. All right, here we go. Ready? John 9, 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from what? Now, see, I think that's important. He was blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, if you got your pens and your Bibles or your tablets, you want to highlight that. You want to underline this. The miracle happened so why? So what, that the works of God might be displayed in him. Someone bless me. And, and let me know you've been tracking along in this series. In the Gospel of John, the miracles are called what? Signs. You're amazing. And the purpose of the signs in the Gospel of John is what? The glory of God. See, you're learning the Bible. You're learning the differences between the Gospels. Here's a clear sign, if you will, that the miracles, the works of God, are be to be displayed for God. As long as it is day, we must do the works. Let's continue. Of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the... Isn't that fascinating? Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Right before he takes a blind man who had experienced nothing but darkness and gave him light. After saying this, he what? Jesus. Now, some of you, the only picture of Jesus some of you have is the long, flowing, brown hair, white Jesus holding a little lamb. You need to let this mess up your worldview. You need to let this just rock you. Go from this to get you some of that. It's awesome. Okay. After saying this, he, Jesus, spit on the ground and made a little mud cake. With the saliva, he put it on the man's eye. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. Don't miss this. You want to underline this in your Bible. This word means... So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him began asked, or, or begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, the Pharisees asked. He replied, the man they call Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see. 
Father, would you take our minds? Would you think through them today? Lord, would you take our hearts and fill with them? Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray as I do every single weekend that you take my lips and speak through them today. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Think about this. Think about Have you ever thought about this? The same God who formed humanity from the dust of the earth. Go back to Genesis 1. The same God, Colossians says Jesus was from the very beginning. The same God who formed humanity from the dust of the earth is the same God who spit into the dust of the earth and healed the man born blind. It is incredibly weird, intriguing, and perplexing. And to help us try to figure out what's going on there, we can do some historical research like you might want to make note of this. In the Greco-Roman world, saliva had magical powers. And they really believed this. Now, the Pharisees didn't because they, they didn't believe that and they didn't believe stuff that came from the Greco-Roman world. So Jesus takes saliva. Maybe that's what he was doing. Maybe Jesus was just poking at the Pharisees, which, which is what I believe. Because we spend a lot of time wondering why Jesus did it. But we know that the Pharisees did not like the idea. Nor did the Pharisees like Jesus or anyone for that matter doing anything on the Sabbath. Jesus is poking at the Pharisees. Spits into the dirt. Makes some mud cake. Puts it on the dude's eye. And heals the man. It is absolutely fascinating. Now let's just talk about the man. Let's not get so caught up in the spit that we miss the actual miracle. The man was born blind from birth which means think about this because see none of us can really relate to this because all of us can see i mean i I would love for us to one day have a blind ministry that would be awesome amen but for the most part i think most of you can see this cat never got to experience the beauty of a sunset this cat never was able to see a smile breaking across someone's face like i see on some of your faces right now that we take so for granted springtime he was never able to see though he smelled the bloom of spring he was never able to see the beauty of a flower blooming he was never able to see the beauty of a baby Never able to see the innocence and the purity of a baby. It's Mother's Day. He was never able to see his mother. We found a video. So, so love this video. It's a tribute to moms, but it also helps reinforce what it would be like to be blind. Look at what a group of folks did with their children so that their children could identify their mothers. Check it out. Stuck 
case to climb Breathing in gasps The wind only knows What happened to me I know your rose Trapped beneath the sea This I know I'll never let you down This I know I'll never let you down Bruises on all the trees Echoing sound If you're down on your knees For a final count This I know I'll never let you down I know I know past the Kleenex is all look at this all right, let's just all take a moment on the count of three. Go, oh, one, two, three. Oh, no, oh, no. Uh, can we just honor moms? Come on, all the campuses. Just, I know we've already done it, but thank God for moms. So imagine being blindfolded. Imagine never actually seeing, and imagine experiencing for the first time this verse. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the what, church? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Now, if there ever was a passage of Scripture that should force us to talk about science, it would be this passage of Scripture. Now, I don't know what kind of person you are. I find sometimes in the church there are people who are anti-science, and I've always thought that is ridiculous. And then there I found in the secular world, there are scientists who are anti-religion, anti-faith. And I've always believed, and again, you, you might disagree with me, but I've always believed that science and religion are not mutually exclusive. I've always believed that religion is great for science because religion fills in the gaps. When I say religion, I'm talking about Christianity, for me anyway. Christianity fills in the gaps when science can only go so far. And I've also believed that, that science is good for Christianity because science helps us understand what we also find in Scripture. I don't find them mutually exclusive. I find them complementary, which is why Albert Einstein said this. Great quote, by the way. Science without religion is lame. How's that? I mean, just tell it like it is. And conversely, religion without science is blind. That's a great quote. Like, most of you know that before I felt called into ministry, I went to the University of South Carolina. And I was a pharmacy major. And I know this is going to sound crazy, especially to our college students. You're going to think I am like wacko, but you should have known that by now. Um, I, I loved classes like organic chemistry, biology, I know, anatomy. I loved classes like that. I had just become a Christian. I had stepped into the college situation. I actually got back into high school. I was a high school dropout. Yes, your pastor was. 
got back into high school, got into the University of South Carolina, entered into the pharmacy school, and I absolutely loved those classes of study in the Bible because here's what was going on in my life. I would go to church and I was being discipled by this great student pastor hearing these great preachers preach the gospel. I would stumble across verses like this. Read this out loud with me, church. Ready, go. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. One more time, really strong at all of our campuses. Ready, go. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I would learn verses of scripture like that. Then I would step into the science labs and I would understand on a deeper level how God had intricately formed the human body and we could praise God for what he had done and praise him even better because we learned the intricacies of what was going on. Now, I just want to take a moment and talk about this man's sight or blindness, if you will, from a scientific perspective. I remember being in the anatomy class and learning a thing called synaptogenesis. It's the study of the synapses that are firing between the brain and the eyes and the visual cortex and those things. And I remember studying and I was blown away by the fact that the retina, for example, conducts close to 10 billion, with a B, calculations every second, and that's before an image travels through the optic nerve to the visual cortex. Dr. John Stevens puts it like this. To simulate 10 milliseconds of the complete processing of even a single nerve cell from the retina, would require about 500 simultaneous, nonlinear, differential equations 100 times and would take at least several minutes of processing on a Cray supercomputer, keeping in mind that there are more than 10 million cells interacting with each other in complex ways. It would take a minimum of 100 years of Cray time to simulate what takes place in your eye every single second? Now listen, listen. I'm not even going to act like I know what all that meant. <laughs> That's cray cray. Cray cray. But here's what I do know. <laughs> Ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Ears that hear and eyes that see. Come on, church. The Lord has made them both. Unbelievable. And this guy was born blind. Now, if you know about eyes, or maybe you're an ophthalmologist, you know that when a baby is born... By the way, how many of you get our weekly newsletter? Show of hands at all of our campuses. Show of hands. Okay, a lot of but a lot of you don't, man. Just fill out your connect card one Sunday and give us your email address. I send out a newsletter every single week. And I mentioned this this week. Did you know that babies are born legally blind? Like, I didn't know that. I knew they were born where they couldn't see very well. But they are actually born legally blind. Babies are born with a sight of about 2,200. Now, check this out. Follow me for just a moment. At birth... An infant's vision is very, very weak, legally blind, like I said, so that they can barely even make out any of the gestures that silly adults like you and I make at them. But check this out. During the developmental process of a child, the opportunities for sight open and close with great specificity. Check this out. Vision, for example, 
is primarily wired between birth and 18 months of age. Now, if you were to place a patch over an infant's eye, a newborn baby, and leave it there for the first few months of the infant's life, the baby would be blind in that eye for the rest of his or her life. Did you know this? Without any genetic deformity, the baby would be born blind if you did not take that patch off of the child's eye. Not born blind, but actually would remain legally blind if you did that. Now, that's what makes this miracle so remarkable. Because my point is, in those kinds of situations, the ophthalmologists declare that the person's sight is gone and irreversible. This is a man who was born blind. Ophthalmologists would declare that it was irreversible. Jesus comes along, spits into the dust of the earth, creates some mud cakes, if you will, throws it on the guy's eyes, and you see a miracle that happens of epic proportion. And like I said last week, this is a perfect example of if we take God's super and we connect it with the natural, what we actually end up finding is the supernatural miracles of God. Check this out. Maybe you didn't think of it this way, but the Pharisees had physical sight, but they could not actually see the things of God. While the blind man did not have physical sight, but actually ended up seeing the things of God. Hello. So it forces the question for you and I today is, where do you need God to give you some sight? Where, where, where might you have blind spots and you need God to take the scales off, as it were, and give you some sight? It actually begs the question as well, where have people in your life said to you that your opportunity has closed and it's irreversible, and God can't use you, and you aren't worth the love of God, where do you need God to actually show you today, no, 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 nothing is irreversible with me. You let my super come into your natural, and you see the work of God in your life. Come on, church, is anybody out there? God wants to take his super and unleash it into your natural so that you start to see. You start to see the things of God. And that forces us to go right back to this thing that we've been using throughout the entire series. And again, giving credit where credit is due, I actually got this from our Hopetown Children's Team here at New Hope Church, and it's called BPR. What is it? BPR. Say it again. BPR. Here, here's the first one. Here's the first one. Believe. Everybody say believe. believe. Where... Do you need God to increase your belief? Because by the way, belief, in other words, faith, is directly connected to the extent to which you will see God work in your life. I can't fully explain it. I'm not smart enough. But here's what I know that I know. There is a direct correlation between the extent to which I believe and exercise my faith and the extent to which God unleashes miracles in my life. So as you think about this miracle and you think about the miracles that you desire in your life, here's the question that you've got to ask right away. Where do I need to believe more? Where, where do I need to exercise my faith more deeply? Watch this. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Now, if you want to read a fascinating, we only read the first 11 verses, but here's what you ought to do today. 
Go home today. Please go home today or someday this week and read the rest of John chapter 9. There is this long dialogue between this dude who was born blind who experienced the healing of God and the Pharisees and they couldn't understand it and they kept asking over and over and over and they kept drilling him and was his parents, were they sinful? Is that why he's blind? And they just keep drilling him and the guy just keeps answering and finally out of exhaustion the guy just says, you know what? One thing I do know. I was, what church? But now I... Man, that's a great verse from Amazing Grace. I once was blind. Now I see. Where do you need God to restore some belief and some faith in your life? Hey, let's, look, let's talk about the P. Participate. Participate. Check it out, church. We, I, I really camped out on this last week, and I will keep camping out on it because it is so clear in the Word of God. After you establish belief and faith, you've got to ask this question because so many people stop with that. So many people say, I believe, and guess what? They sit on their derriere. Boom. And they just sit there and they're like, okay, God, I believe, God, you're awesome, you're powerful, God, you do the miracle. And what I've been trying to remind you every single week is that you have a role to play. You have a role to play. And again, there is a direct correlation to the extent to which I'm willing to get off of my derriere, step out by faith, put myself in a prime position to see God move, then God has a tendency to unleash greater miracles in my life. Maybe you missed it. It's easy to miss. But did you catch the blind man's role? Jesus, go, he told him. So Jesus... <clears throat> and then... Jesus says what? Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He had a role to play. Question. Could Jesus just have said, bam, be healed? You watch late night preachers, that's what you'll see. Boom. Sorry. And they usually have some big old hair too. Just saying. Um. <laughs> Could Jesus, but could Jesus have done that? Yeah. Jesus could have said that. Jesus could have said. Jesus could have said, peace out, you're healed. <laughs> and could Jesus have healed him right then? Could he? Come on. Come on. Jesus could have said, all right, dude, you're healed. And the, and the guy could have started to see through the mud, right? The mud cracking on his eyes. Jesus says, wash in the pool of Siloam. Do you see it? He had a role to play. And I love this. Little nugget. Little nugget. Don't miss it. This word means sent. I love it when the Bible teaches itself. Can the Bible make it any more plain? You're healed. You experience the presence of God. And then you are sent into the world to testify. You, you experience the miracles of God, then God sends us out of church every single Sunday. We're sent into the mission field, which is why we have these signs at all of our campuses. You are entering the mission field. We are sent to testify. So the man went. He got off of his rear end, and he went and washed and came home seeing. He participated in the work of God. 
So here is the final one that we talk about today. Recognize. Recognize. Where is God calling you? Or maybe a better way to put it is, how do you need to ask God to restore some sight in your life so that you can actually start to recognize the things of God because this is directly related to being sent into the world. When we are sent into the world, we are sent into the world to be God's children. We are sent into the workplace. We are sent into our neighborhoods. We are sent into our universities. We are sent into our coffee shops, into the restaurants. We are sent into the world so that after we experience the power and the presence of God, we can recognize God's presence and testify to the things of God. Do you see that miracle at work, looking at your colleague? You are a miracle. God formed you in your mother's womb. You are a miracle. Saying to our neighbors, the kingdom of God is breaking out among us. Not being some whack job, but being, here's an idea for Christians, normal. (laughs) Just being normal and learning to recognize the things of God and testify to what God is doing. And that is what some of you have been doing. And I want to kind of close today with one of the most remarkable testimonies that I've read in this series. And it comes from a beautiful family in our church. They are so, so faithful. I'm talking about April and Tim Thorpe. They serve in our church in the first contact ministry. They have an unbelievable daughter. Let me show you a picture of them. They have an unbelievable daughter. Her name is Kiria or Key, right? And they are a beautiful family. And I thought I was just going to share just a, a part or two of this. But the more I've read it, the more I'm just going to share the whole thing to you. They say, Pastor Benji, it is with joy and delight that we compose this email. As you have unpacked the miracles of Christ in the Gospel of John... And encouraged us to look out for miracles happening every day around us. We have been experiencing God's favor in tremendous ways. You are so right. Miracles are happening every day all around us. I must share the miracle that happened for our family. And the huge stone that he moved for us. As you know, Tim and I have been New Hopers since 2011. And are literally months away from being empty nesters. Our youngest daughter, Kira, is a senior at high school. They call her Key. Believe it or not, a miracle was performed way back in 1997 when God allowed Key to be born two and a half months early. That's early, folks. Weighing in at a whopping three pounds and a half ounce. Despite the information doctors presented to us at the time that our breached little key could have been born with learning disabilities, eyesight, problems, a respiratory condition, and a possible growth and developmental delays, God had another plan. Check this out. We were practicing BPR, believe, participate, and recognize, way back then. We believed. We participated. And we recognized that God was at work. Our then three-pounder, who was so eager to see the world that she arrived nine weeks early, at an early age, we taught her the importance of allowing, to God, allowing God to live in her heart and have a relationship with him. 
At nine years old, she asked the Lord to be her Savior and was baptized. So come on, that's a miracle right there. A child, three pounds, born that early, no issues, comes to accept Christ. Can we just praise God for that? Come on, church. Can we just, can we just celebrate that? Again, sometimes we, we expect it to be some unbelievable walking on water experience. That is a miracle, church. That is a miracle. But God's about to show off. Now to our last miracle. God has blessed us beyond belief. Hero is a well-adjusted, high-achieving, humble, compassionate, service-oriented senior at Hillside High School. Not only, and throw that picture up there for just a second, then you take it off. I know you already have, but I just want you to see her again so you can just pray over this young woman of God. Not only is she a 5.0 student in Hillside's rigorous international baccalaureate program, she's also the 2014-2015 Miss Hillside 2015 CHCAA Miss Jabberwock, president of Theta Phi Delta Service Sorority, captain of the varsity cheerleading team, 2014 Light Lighter Award winner, and volunteer with many organizations, including our Hopetown Children's Ministry at New Hope Church. Now watch this. Prior to her grandfather's passing in 2013, Key prophesied to her grandfather that she was going to go to college without having to pay for it. Go ahead now. I just got the parents' attention. She has been accepted and enrolled in her college of choice, Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, for the fall of 2015. You clapping because she just got accepted. You haven't seen anything yet. The only problem was, how in the world are we going to pay for it? They didn't put it like that. The only problem was, how are we going to pay the astronomical private school tuition, room, board, and fees? On April 15th, Key received an email from Spelman College announcing that she had been awarded the Dean's Scholarship, which would cover the cost of her tuition for the next four years. Look at that stone! Exclamation point. He says this, she says this, We were overjoyed and so thankful we continue to pray about the additional $20,000 a year we would need to come up with for her fees, room, and board. So she got a scholarship, tuition's covered, but if you know anything about college today, in good old vernacular, it ain't cheap. So they got, they got, a, they got a scholarship, but they still had $20,000. They were still falling $20,000 short a year. We were due to drive down to Spelman College for a final recruiting trip, April 18th, and minutes before leaving, Kiara saw the mail carrier coming down the street. She waited for him to deliver our mail, and it was a package congratulating her for being one of 1,000 winners nationwide of the Distinguished Gates Millennium Scholarship Funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, unbelievable philanthropists. Hold that, hold that, hold that, hold that. Unbelievable philanthropists. They give more money away than, they got more money than St. Peter up in heaven. It's amazing. This scholarship covers the entire cost of undergraduate and graduate studies to any institution across the country and fulfills the prophecy Key spoke over her grandfather back in 2013. God saw our need and answered every one of our prayers. We really can't believe and don't know what to say. He still moves stones. Oh, oh, oh. Or should I say, boulders from our shoulders. Jesus paid it all. We had to share. Love you, Pastor.
Come on now. What? Praise God, praise God. He still moves stones. Do you believe that? He still moves stones. And where is he calling you to participate in his miracles? Where is he calling you to start being able, you got to train yourself, church, to start being able to recognize the miracles of God that are literally blowing up all around you every day. Like, I, I, believe, I believe miracles are happening all around us. The problem is, I just don't see them all the time. You know you have a dominant eye and a weak eye? Since we're talking about pastors about eyes and sight, do you know this? Come on, group exercise. Some of you, some of you might have missed this memo. Check it. If you've ever tried to shoot a gun or a bow and arrow... Like I teach my kids this when I told them how to shoot a gun. You, you got you to figure out what your dominant eye and your weak eye is. But if you're trying to shoot a gun and you're using your weak eye, <laughs> you aren't going to hit the backside of a barn. Right, right? So let me show you. Maybe this will help. Group, group illustration. Everybody participate at all of our campuses. I want you to hold your hand up, extend your arm, hold your hand, and form a triangle. Way to go, church. Way to go. All right, and form a triangle. Now, you need, to, you need to look at something, so hey, you might as well look at me. Look at me. Look at me through your triangle. This is awesome. I need a picture of this. Look at me. Now, everybody got me in the triangle? Now, close your left eye. Did I move or stay? If I stayed there, the eye that you have open is your dominant eye. Now, close that eye. Close that eye. Did I move? That's your weak eye. That's your... No, keep them up. Don't stop. This is fun. Keep them up. Don't, don't. Now, now, another way to do it is open up both eyes again. Open up both eyes. And just bring your arms to you and whichever eye you're drawn to that's your dominant eye you have a weak eye that's free (laughs) do you live your life with your dominant or your weak eye if you're Mr. Jaded you walk through the world jaded if you're Mrs. Cynical If you're Mr. or Mrs. Mean-Spirit, angry, you're living your life and you're seeing the world through your weak eye. You got to learn to train yourself to see life through the dominant eye. You got to learn to exercise your faith and participate in the things of God. And if you will start to see the world through your dominant eye, you will then actually start to recognize the miracles of God. You will start to be able to testify on a grander scale to what God is doing in your life. And in doing so, the miracles of God will start to be unleashed in your life like never before. May God raise up a movement known as New Hope, of men and women who are learning to exercise their faith and live this life and this world through the dominant eye of faith and power and the miracles of God breaking out all among us. Amen.
Amen. If you receive it, church, let me hear you praise God for it. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word, Lord. Father, we love you. We honor you. And I thank you for this series, God. I thank you that you've led us just to stay right here in the midst of your miracles in the gospel of John. Father, would you teach us how to live with great faith? How to believe that you are who the word of God says you are? How to, God, actually step out and participate in what you're doing in my world and in my work world and in my educational world and my relational world. And God, when I start to see and live my life and experience it through the lens of my dominant faith, if you will, God, may I then get bold. May I then become a person who understands that you have sent me, just like you sent the blind man to the pool of Siloam. You have sent me into the world to recognize and proclaim that you are God and nothing is impossible with you. You are God, and therefore, all things are possible with you. Hey, I just feel led in this moment. I'm sorry, I can't resist it. If you're here and you don't know Christ, you, and you, you want to tap in to the deeper miracles of God, you want to tap into a relationship with God, you want God to forgive you and save you, and you want God to unleash the miracles in, his, in your life, I want to ask you just right now, just do something bold. Just lift your hand up at all of our campuses. Just raise up high. I want to pray for you. Everybody has their eyes closed, heads bowed, but I want to pray for you. I see you, sir. Raise them up high. I see you over here at the campuses. I, by faith, see and declare those who are there accepting Christ. I see you. I see you way back there in the back, on the back wall, both of you, actually. Father, you see the hands that are raised at the campuses. God, we thank you. We thank you that every week you bring people here who, who desire that kind of relationship with you. They're, they're searching. They're, they're desiring to tap into the divine. If that's you and you raised your hand or maybe you didn't and you just desire to pray right now. Just pray, Lord Jesus, I desire your power in my life. I am a sinner. And I need you to be my Savior so I open up my mind, my heart, and I receive you, Christ. Come in. And now, God, would you send me into the world to believe in who you are, to participate in your work in the world, and to recognize the miracles that are around me every day. Maybe you're here, and what you need to hear is you are the miracle. Maybe no one's ever told you that. Maybe a parent told you they wish you had never been born. You are a miracle. God formed you in your mother's womb. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He has a purpose for you that you would prosper. You are a beautiful miracle of God. God, we love you. We celebrate our new brothers and sisters in Christ. We celebrate what you're going to do in the lives of those who believe and are already engaged in your word. Thank you for the miracles you're doing. Would you send them on grander scales, God? And we promise that we will recognize and celebrate and testify when we do your miraculous hand moving in the life of our church. We love you today, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family and we hope you'll join us next week.